There's a poem I call New York Times. New York Times? New York Times? You think you're better than us? 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 U.S.? U.S.A.? No way. The end. Welcome to the Noted Bitcoin Podcast. This is your co-host, Pierre Rochard. I'm joined with your other co-host, Michael Goldstein, a.k.a. Bitstein. How are you, Michael? I'm doing well, uh, especially now that I can deposit, uh, you know, Bitcoin on Kraken using Lightning. Absolutely. You can also withdraw uh, Bitcoin uh, using Lightning. So uh, very exciting to, to have the mighty Kraken on the network. And we're joined today with CK from Bitcoin Magazine. CK, how are you? What is up, y'all? Happy to be here. One of my favorite podcasts. So uh, I'm happy to be a part of the the re uh, the reopening, if you will. <laughs> it's well, our, our annual uh, 2024 episode now. Um, 
Yes, correct. Correct. We're living very far in the future. Um, and tell us, CK, what does Bitcoin look like in 2024? Uh, hyper hyper Bitcoinized, so it has a uh, has gone past all of our expectations, I think, except for maybe Bitstein's. <laughs> I, I don't know. I've been the the moderate uh, one uh, of the two of us. Pierre is like one hundred percent. I'm ninety nine point nine 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 percent. Any day now. Yes, any day now. I've been saying that for too many years, though. Um, <laughs> so okay, so um, do do you prefer? from Bitcoin Magazine or from BTC Media? Because now it's an empire. It's a conglomerate. Oh, man. So, uh, no, Bitcoin Magazine for sure. Uh, I'm actually trying to, like, make BTC Media go away. And it's just BTC Inc. is, like, the parent company. And then all of the all of the little Bitcoin babies underneath, which is Bitcoin Magazine, the conference, UTXO, and uh, some new stuff, which we're going to be announcing at, at the conference, which is uh, may or may not be, have already passed. I don't know. Uh, no, we'll get this out timely. Um, All right. Um, <laughs> well, in that case, then, yeah, we'll be announcing at the conference uh, next week. Yeah, uh, the conference is next week. I'm, I'm excited about uh, speaking there. Um, and, and I'm impressed that you have the time to even talk with us because this is like, this isn't a conference. This is a mega conference. This is like massive. No, yeah, it's a, it's a complete festival. And thankfully, a lot of other people are working hard. Okay, good, good. Work harder. <laughs> if you're listening to this, pause it. Get back to work. Um, yeah, no, that's that's awesome. And um, I've only heard good things about it. I, I was able to attend the one in San Francisco many moons ago. Um, and uh, this is my second one that, that I'm going to. Well, uh, it has escalated, to say the least. And uh, hopefully one of these days we can uh, get Bitstein to leave Texas. But I hear rumors that, you know, Texas is going to be submitting a pitch to us to move there so we'll see we'll see what happens first yeah i'll just have you guys come here yeah i mean uh, it, it just works out it's uh <laughs> you do have a strong gravitational force so I, I have to give you that i just think of uh i think of florida is the uh i think of that as a place for shit coins you know i think of that as the crypto capital uh in texas is the bitcoin capital mm, yeah you, you know I, I could see that. I could see that. But I'm afraid San Francisco will forever be the shitcoin capital thanks to Web3 VCs. Yeah. And that's that is totally fair. <laughs> your boy is still there. I, I am in the land of shitcoining, but I, I do have a little Bitcoin shrine behind me trying to, uh, you know, keep my place holy. <laughs> we'll get you to freedom one day. So actually, I, and I don't know how you feel about Nashville and, and Tennessee, Bitstein, but I'll be moving there very soon. I've been talking up a big game, uh, but very excited to uh, to be amongst Bitcoiners and freedom-loving people. I think it's natural that uh, Tennessee is a is a good Bitcoin place. Uh, Tennessee is almost like a it's like a cousin of Texas. There's a, there's a spiritual connection there. Many great Texans came from Tennessee. So uh, was Davy Crockett from Tennessee? Uh, yes, unless he was, was it Tennessee or Kentucky. Because check, check us internet. Um, yeah, a, a great Texan who uh, passed away at the Alamo. Um, frontiersman, politician. Tennessee. Yes, he was from Tennessee. Wow. All right. Yep. Let's yep. go. The, the Tennessee-Texas connection is strong. Uh, I have no doubt it'll continue. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that's exciting. Yeah, Tennessee is legit. Um, but well, Florida, had, I did want to give Florida a little bit of a shout out. Like, hey, they're they're one hundred percent the shitcoin capital of America. There's no question in my mind. And Texas is one hundred percent the Bitcoin capital. There's no question in my mind. But with that being said, January twenty twenty one. I was in Tennessee in Nashville and we were trying to decide, do we move this conference from California to Miami? And at the time, Miami was like the only open place, you know, January, 2021. It was like, Oh my God, there's nightclubs in Miami. Like so scandalous. And we're like, should we move it to Miami? And that was the best freaking decision we ever made that by itself, you know, saved our company, saved the conference. And, you know, is why Bitcoin 2022 is, is possible. So I, Thank you, Miami, for that, despite your shit coining ways. Yeah, I, I actually, I, I have respect for Florida. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> ribbing them. I'll, I'll withhold judgment until uh, next week. And then um, I will make my decision based on what I see uh, next week. I'm going to Miami and, and then I'm going to um, Palm Beach. So um, <laughs> folks who are in Palm Sounds Beach. Sounds like a nice time. Yeah. Um, we'll go <laughs> Hit up here. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Um, yeah, so Florida is also the OG place to start your journey to the moon. That's right. Case it's true. And it works with Texas. It's, uh, there's, there's that beautiful synergy happening here. Houston mission control. Um, yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, I just I, think I, of me as in mission control. <laughs> Get us to the, you, you have been mission control this whole time. Bit scene. If you know this, but you have been chomping on your cigar. Need to get like a Gene Kranz vest, the big Bitcoin logo on it. You know, it's still there. You can go visit it. Um, I, I visited it uh, a couple of few years ago. Uh, the the like uh, original the mission room. control. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, no, I, I've I've stood at Gene Kranz's station. Uh-huh. Felt felt the power of uh, Hollywood sound stages. Back then, so. they would make entire desks out of metal. Now everything's plastic, you know. It's amazing. Anyway, we're going off topic. Um, t- tell me, how many people are expected at the conference? So the official numbers are going to be coming in in the lower end of twenty thousand. But you know, if if things continue to escalate from where we are right now, we could hit twenty five thousand, which uh is short of uh the david bailey boltard number of thirty-five thousand attendees that he was advertising uh at the beginning when we first announced the event but uh still the biggest bitcoin event ever biggest crypto in quotes event ever um just to expand to that category as well we're still number one uh and yeah i mean uh i think last year bitcoin 2021 was twelve thousand five hundred people uh, in Bitcoin 2019, which you were at, Pierre, was 1,900 people. So uh, a lot of growth. And honestly, like, I think that it's it's really a physical instantiation of like Bitcoin's growth. Like we literally could not have had 20,000 people in Miami and we weren't even conceiving of it. Uh, but Bitcoin has grown a lot since 2019. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that you would have hit the Boltard number if Bitcoin hit its hit its Boltard number, right? Like we're still here in these measly five digits. Um, so six digits, you guys might might hit six digits too. Yeah, I mean, uh, we we were definitely planning for six k or six figure Bitcoin for at least hundred k Bitcoin, uh, and 
that did not happen, but you know, uh, the Bitcoin community is still amazing, still amazing progress uh, for the Bitcoin ecosystem. And, you know, I'm okay with the 2X on last year's event. Uh, next year's event, we'll see. We'll see uh, if we go into a bear market or uh, if uh, the cycle is broken, you, you know, all the, the narratives these days. I, I think this conference is going to kick off the next leg of the upward move. I think that we're going to be able to recruit lots of people into the pyramid scheme, into the Ponzi on the ground floor. Uh, they're going to they're going to drink the Kool-Aid, you know, join the cult. Um, and it's it's going to bring in lots of buyer interest. I mean, just the excitement alone about uh, what might be announced at the conference. I feel like that's going to be the new that's that's the real uh, thing about the, about the conference. Um uh, I, I won't be at this year's, but uh, uh, I'm still like, what, what is Jack Mallers presenting? You know, what is what is Naive Bukele going to throw at us? Uh, hopefully not martial law, but hopefully something better than that. Um, but yeah, I mean, lots of uh, exciting things. Is there any 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 anything you know about that you can at least give us a, a good feel for uh, how excited we should be going into it? Oh man. So I go on a lot of these podcasts, so they purposely don't tell me any of that stuff just because I can't keep my lips shut. But I mean, like you just got to look at the the lineup and know it's going to be amazing. Bitstein, I know you're not going to be there and that, you know, you're, you're holding it down in Texas, which is admirable. Um, but we have a live stream, so you're going to be able to catch all those big moments. Uh, and we we're actually, it's, it's, it's really sick what we're going to have at the live stream is uh, where we took a lot of inspiration from like college game day or the Olympics, heaven forbid, but you know, they did something nice, which is they have like that studio set up uh, where like, you know, you go see, uh, you know, see someone snowboarding and then, you know, that's over and then they cut to the studio and they talk about it and then they go to the people uh, doing the luge or whatever. Uh, so we're going to have something exactly like that, but completely Bitcoinified at the conference. And that's what people are going to watch at the live stream. So uh, what it's going to be is like main stage content instead of like just, you know, showing intermission or something like that, or when there's like pauses, it's actually going to cut to the news desk. And then there's going to be people talking about the content and getting you ready for the next piece of content. Um, so I'm really excited for that production. And we're trying to, you know, make the remote uh, experience to the event really, really incredible. So putting in a lot of work with the live stream, with our social media coverage, with our dot-com coverage, all that kind of good stuff. That's amazing. I, I watched a lot of the live streams uh, last year. Um, I got to watch uh, the the Bukele announcement live, and I saw the the Ross Ulbricht speech live, and, and some of the other great moments. Um, I think that's fantastic. Do you guys have an estimate of how many people are going to be tuning in online? Yeah. Well, last year uh, I think we had over four hundred thousand people watch every single day, um, and we're at least trying to double it. So uh, I'm I'm calling a million a day, but we'll see what happens. Uh, hopefully, hopefully that's not too bold. But I mean, it, it's really turning into quite the spectacle. And in terms of like overall impressions for Bitcoin, it, it has to be through the roof. You know all the mainstream media is going to be there. Uh, hopefully they won't be writing too many hit pieces against us this time around, but um, you know, we, we still brought them and, you know, last year this was uh, this was kind of like, you know, mainstream news coverage. So uh, hoping to again, do that again. And yeah, like you said, Jack Mahler's Bukele, they're both going back to back. 
uh, on Thursday night or Thursday evening for the conference. Uh, and I know that they're going to be trying to one up each other. So uh, that's going to be really exciting. But let me tell you, like, you know, Kraken announced lightning, you know, right before the conference. But a lot of companies are like they had beginning of April, like marked on their calendar to like work on new features, work on new partnerships. And they're, they're really like piling these announcements for the conference. So, uh, you know, there's going to just be a ton of stuff from all your favorite companies. And I, I, I can't wait. Really can't. Yeah. Something I do want to correct you on because uh, you called them the mainstream media. And I need to correct you because Bitcoin Magazine is the mainstream media. We're the mainstream now. Um, I think you guys have over 2 million followers on Twitter now. Washington Post has 19 million. Now, obviously, that's like one order of magnitude bigger, um, but it's only one magnitude uh, order of magnitude bigger. So, um, you know, I, I think we shouldn't we shouldn't underestimate how much influence we have out there, um, and uh, we should we should you know be proud of that and make the most of it. And uh, the fact that you guys are coming up with this NPCs don't count as followers. I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, Washington. Post. Well, so we have more followers. <laughs> you know, you guys are even more mainstream. Yeah. And yeah, when, when you adjust for NPCs, we're, we're definitely winning. That's for sure. <laughs> so uh, how, how long have you been at Bitcoin Magazine? So uh, I'll, I guess I'll tell my Bitcoin story because yeah. uh, I've never been on the show before. But uh, I discovered Bitcoin, you know, very late in the game, 2017. But I immediately like was immediately hooked. Uh, and it took about from like, I guess it was September 2017 is like when I started paying attention. It was like right after the Bcash fork. So I missed it. So that's that's like the key is I, I got in right after the Bcash fork. So I didn't get the, the airdrop and I missed out on that, which would have made me a, a true OG. But uh, to my credit, you know, and thankfully to, to folks like you and Ansel Lindner and Tone Bays, uh, I kind of went from like discovering crypto to Bitcoin only in like three months. Uh, and then from there, uh, I put in my two weeks, uh, literally within three days of the 2017 top, like I put in my two weeks, two weeks before Christmas. And then if you look at the calendar, that's like within three days of, of the 2017 top. So excellent timing by me. And then I went to the North American Bitcoin conference, AKA the North American shitcoin conference. And uh, met Bryce Wells, who was the CRO of BTC Inc. at the time, uh, and gave him my card. I said, sale San Francisco Bitcoin. He said, here, you got to give me a call. We got to talk to you. We need someone like you. Uh, and yeah, two weeks uh, into February, I had a new job working at BTC Inc. I was doing conference sales. And uh, from there, uh, you know, was podcasting on my own, doing POV crypto with uh, the famous David Hoffman from uh, Bankless these days. Uh, and uh, from there, you know, just, you know, kept hustling at Bitcoin Magazine, hustling on the Bitcoin game. And uh, there was an opportunity uh, in 2020 when we had to cancel our conference and the, co the company was in disarray uh, for uh, me to move over to content. And from there, just made a ton of content and found, my, found myself at the top. So here I am. Managing director of Bitcoin Magazine, work with uh, the likes of Pete Rizzo and uh, Mike Germano, who are incredible, uh, you know, media talents and Bitcoiners, and just a bunch of savage Bitcoiners. It's a lot of fun. That's awesome. So you've basically been with Bitcoin Magazine throughout an entire bear market, and now into a bull market, and kind of another bear market. Um, yep. And. I we're imagine it. Bear market, Michael. What are you? Talking? What is that? Yeah. This is yeah. <laughs> the beginning of the next leg up. 
Come on. If you already told us anything, really, if you think about anything less than, you know, 10 million is a bear market. Um, (laughs) Uh, This is a correction. This is a dip. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, you, you've been you've you've been uh, through this, and I imagine you know Bitcoin Magazine, Bitcoin Magazine itself. You know, I've watched it over the years. It's kind of ebbed and flowed and stuff. And um, there's just been like tremendous growth. And like, what has that been like uh, to to be a part of like an actual burgeoning media empire? I mean, man, there was some dark ass days back there. So uh, I think. It was like summer of 2020, uh, like July 2020. I think we published like eight articles total. So it's not a lot of articles. So that was a pretty dark time in terms of ebbs and flows. But honestly, like it's been uh, an amazing and wild ride. And, you know, the, the cool thing is that, yes, we may not like, you know, have what the mainstream media has, you know, have this professional reporting or all this kind of stuff that even like the likes of Coindesk or Cointelegraph kind of try to mimic. Um, you know, we just we just took it as like a, a Bitcoin native, the Bitcoin native route. So, um, you know, to kind of bootstrap Bitcoin magazine, the let's just call it Bitcoin magazine 2.0, which really got started September of 2020 when it, I took over, you know, we bootstrapped it by being like, wow, there's a bunch of Bitcoiners publishing on Medium. Like they should be publishing on Bitcoin Magazine. So, you know, we just made an effort to like start, you know, creating a platform and, and, and servicing Bitcoiners. Uh, from there, as we started picking up traction, it's like, all right, well, we need to start bringing on some writers. We need to start bringing on some social media people. Like, you know, we could go out and, you know, try to hire industry folk, people who graduated with journalism degrees that completely skipped that. And like, let's just lean into Bitcoiners and, uh, and hired, you know, people who were on Twitter pretty much. And uh, I make a joke that uh, our hiring pipeline is either from Twitter or Alabama, which is uh, university of Alabama is where David Bailey went to school. And uh, we actually have a really nice pipeline of talent that comes from Alabama's honor program, which is where uh, David came from. Uh, so the likes of like David Zell and Brandon Green came from came from Alabama's honors program. But we outside of Alabama, we we recruit heavily Bitcoiners on Twitter. And uh, yeah, it's been very unconventional bit scene. Let me just say it. So like, you know, I I'm a sales guy. I have no media experience other than podcasting on my own. Uh, and, you know, I would say that a lot of the what we're doing is just uh, is kind of just trying to be authentic to Bitcoin and, and kind of you know, bootstrapping around Bitcoiners. So uh, it's been chaotic. It's been fun. It's been unconventional. Um, but it's really awesome to kind of like think about, wow, how much we're paying per article compared to like someone like Coindesk. And then like, like what's the the value? What's the ROI? What's uh, what's the readership, uh, like the, the value of the audience and the readership and the caliber of the, the people on the other end of it. And it's, it's like a night and day difference. And, you know, the the difference between us and you know kind of the other media is just like we we are all bitcoiners and we're like interested in bitcoin and uh it, it it's really kind of awesome to be in a, an organization like that you know you you were saying earlier how you guys you know you're doing this like uh kind of have panel discussions kind of doing color commentary between uh speeches and stuff like that um you know, that that requires having had someone who came up with the idea of doing it, someone else being like, no, that's actually not crazy. Let's really 
do it. What is that like at Bitcoin Magazine? I imagine there's a lot of it at this point because you guys are doing so much where people are just throwing out ideas. What is that culture like where people are like, yeah, let's go do these absolutely crazy things? Well, it definitely all stems from David Bailey, uh, who is kind of just a crazy Bitcoiner. Um, but he was the first person who was like, like, let's make Bitcoin fun. Let's make Bitcoin cool. Let, like, let's bring celebrities into the mix. And he's the person who like even thought of like, let's have a Bitcoin conference that's not like technical or not nerdy. Like, let's try to like make this cultural. Um, so it definitely all st- uh, starts with David Bailey at Bitcoin 2019, Pierre. I, I, I swear to you, David Bailey was obsessed with just getting a dunk tank and having some sort of lightning enabled way to put like Bitcoiners on there. And then people remotely dunk them by sending lightning sats. And like, we were just like, dude, it's not going to happen. Like there's so many other bigger fish to fry at this event. Like there's just like, you know, it, it's chaos. Like when you're at the event, especially when you're, when you're trying to put it on, but he was just trying to get a dunk tank there. So it stems from David. David's always trying to do bigger, better, crazier stuff. And then we brought on this guy, Mike Germano. Uh, so Mike, he was the chief digital officer at Vice. Pretty much when Vice was good, he was pushing it forward. Uh, and then uh, it's an unser- unfortunate story, but he got edged out and is very salty about Vice. But the guy is an absolute legend. was part of Rick and Morty. Um, a lot of people are huge fans of some good news, which, uh, is a show that came out during the pandemic with, uh, Jim from the, from the office. I can never remember his real name. Uh, but he does this show called some good news and Mike produced it. So like this guy, Mike is like an effing legend. And because of the vice experience, uh, you know, he got burned financially because of them and he's an effing Bitcoiner because of that. So learned a tough lesson is a hardcore Bitcoiner because of that went down the rabbit hole. Uh, and now he's on the team. So between him and David Bailey, it's like kind of my job and Pete Rizzo's job to like, like, okay, hold, hold back. Like, let's keep this reasonable. So there's no shortage of crazy ideas. A lot of them really good. And usually, you know, if it passes the Rizzo test and then passes my test, uh, it, it'll, it'll actually make it to, uh, to execution. So are we getting a dunk tank in Miami? Still no dunk tank, but there is a Bitcoin bull. So there's a mechanical bull. There's a whole lot of other crazy stuff. Last year we had uh, sumo wrestlers and and a half pipe. So uh, we're always trying to uh, to have some cool activations. Is it lightning powered? Everything is lightning powered. Everything's lightning powered. So thank you, Ibex. Amazing, awesome, fantastic. Um, all right. Well, um, I don't know. Here, I'm sorry to tell you this. We were lightning powered before Kraken. So. Um, I mean, I'm not offended by that. I'm very happy to have everyone join the network, uh, you know, at their own speed, right? Everyone gets on lightning when, when they deserve to get on lightning. Um, it's true. And, <laughs> uh, yeah, there's, uh, we're still very, very, very early. Uh, I, th- I, I see the lightning network, like we always, um, from the inside, right? It feels like, oh, lightning's been here since 2018, uh, everyone should have been on lightning for the past four years. Um, but you know, it's, uh, it's still very early days and I think that it's going to continue to, uh, dramatically improve and grow. Now I will say though, that to our listeners, um, if you happen to be on social media and you see somebody from an exchange or a service provider or a software provider who does not yet support lightning, uh, suggest it. You know, um, always provide constructive feedback. 
to everyone in the ecosystem so that they understand what people are looking for. So if you see like Brian Armstrong tweeting, you know, reply when lightning, when lightning, so that we can move the space forward. Um, so that's always positive and constructive. We know that you got a lot of that, Pierre. A lot of suggestions. Uh, you know, feedback is very good. It's very good. Um, it's not good when people uh, say bad things about Lightning. You know, like I see uh, XRP shills saying, oh, you know, Lightning's overrated, et cetera. That's not good feedback. Keep that out of my feed. Um, but if you're, you know, trying to push push things forward, uh, that is always welcome. Even Even when it feels uncomfortable, that's when it's most welcome, right? So do y'all want to talk about uh, this Chris Larson clown from uh, from Ripple? Like, Chris. I want to zoom back to when, when you started uh, the Nakamoto Institute. Did you think that, you know, this this deep into hyper Bitcoinization that some dude from Ripple would would be pulling some crap like this? I'm not. Surprised. It is amazing. <laughs> huh? Well, I, I'm, I'm slightly amazed that like Ripple is still going, but there's also, you know, a lot of money that got poured into it and extremely vested interests. But Michael, remember when we like when in 2000, I think it was 2013 or 2014, we were already like, oh, yeah, there's like weird ripple people at this party trying to like shill ripple. Oh, yeah. People were handing out like free ripple, like 25 yeah. bucks worth. I, I I'll, OK, I'll admit I've used ripple. Um we got a, an XRP airdrop and I converted it into Bitcoin. I, I already knew what to do back then. You know, I already knew that you, the moment you get an airdrop, you need to dump it. That, that the hard part was, uh, you know, finding a place to dump it. Yeah, I, I think I, I forget now where I dumped it. Uh, that's an interesting archaeology question for my email box. It might have been. I don't know if BitInstant had XRP at the time, but yeah. So this is how much of a not OG I am. Y'all are talking about your Ripple airdrop, and I didn't even get the fucking Bcash airdrop. Yeah, okay. So this is May of 2013. Um, I'm in my email <laughs> inbox here. Uh, but uh, it might take me a while to actually uh, track down uh, where I sold it because I have the email from the OpenCoin team um, saying that uh, I've, I've uh, received their uh, airdrop. Anyway, I'll, I'll, I'll track that down. It definitely, I think it undermines my credibility as a Bitcoin maximalist and exposes me as a hypocrite uh, that I uh, did this. But, uh, you know, I was a poor college student. I was broke back then, so... Uh, I'll defend myself, my honor. Pierre, you should have known better. I'm ashamed of you. Yeah, I'm going to get canceled over this. Uh, I'm going to get, yep. gonna get gonna... loved. <laughs> Honestly, like, that's what they do is they just go back in your emails and then they find a sin and cancel you. So this is very much uh, within the realm of uh, of canceling. Yeah, yeah. It just uh, kept going though. But like, yeah, yeah you know, this is, survived this is... somehow. Even in early 2013, there were there were ripple shills around, um, and uh, yeah, I guess like I am somewhat surprised that it's managed to just continue going. Um, there was also the big, uh, you know, Stellar forked off from Ripple. Um, I think that was in 2015 or so, uh, maybe yeah, 2015, 
And uh, I actually remember being at a South by Southwest event and Jed McCaleb was on stage and uh, I didn't even have a badge. I just snuck in and um, I, I got to ask a, a question during the Q&A on this panel. And I asked him about like Stellar had been completely wrecked by a uh, consensus bug. And so I was able to get him to admit that Stellar was completely centralized at the moment. Um, and then that was the, that was the final question um, <laughs> that ended the the event. So I got I got the last word in uh, with or I guess he got the last word in, which was yes, it's centralized. Um, and yet it's still like continued on. People people love their centralized shit coins. That they do. Uh, and now Chris Larson, I don't know what what his his deal is like because. In my mind, uh, this would make sense if um, he had a chance of succeeding, uh, but he doesn't. So, I mean, he must be mentally ill like Craig Wright. Um, and, you know, that's that's OK. He just needs to be like committed to an asylum or something. Um, but then what's astonishing is the media going along with this. And of course, uh, Greenpeace that is broke. They're like, I think they're like 40 million dollars in debt or something. And they're a financial disaster. Uh, they they, of course, took the handout, uh, you know, took the uh, silver coins. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. Um, and uh, they, they took the green paper favorite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that this is just part of uh, fiat insanity. But like people like Paul Vigna from the Wall Street Journal, shout out to Paul. Uh, he was. Uh, on a Wall Street Journal podcast saying like, oh, you know what? There's a handful of developers that if they change the code, Bitcoin could be proof of stake. And, you know, I, I would I would I would say, OK, you know, Paul, he, he needs more education. <laughs> uh, he needs uh, to uh, learn more about the space, but he's been around for a long time. And I, I don't even see it as like, oh, this is problematic because he misunderstands Bitcoin. This is problematic because he is targeting volunteer open source contributors who could not actually force the Bitcoin network to change proof of stake to proof of stake. And he's putting maximum pressure on them uh, to essentially destroy their reputations, uh, trash the GitHub project uh, and, um, you know, drag them through the mud uh, you know, potentially get them arrested. Right. Like what if the government's like, Hey, you developers, you didn't do this. And so now you're going to jail because you have committed climate change crimes. Um, so well, that would effectively be no different than uh, what what uh, Craig Wright and them are trying to do to the developers in the UK. That's absolutely correct. And so shame on Paul, shame on The Wall Street Journal. Um, they really need to come out with a big correction and deeply apologize if they ever want to be forgiven by the Bitcoiners. I should also point out Paul Vignette. Like, I mean, he's literally been covering Bitcoin um, since 2013. He wrote a book about it, right? The age of cryptocurrency. <sighs> yeah. It's he, just... he was actually at that South by event. I, I, so, I shook his hand there. I, I know that the listeners can't see uh, the beautiful art behind me, but it says no coiner tears and... Paul is the classic, classic, salty, salty, no coiner. And uh, honestly, the hilarious thing is that all the people who hate Bitcoin, for whatever reason, they hate Bitcoin 
for, uh, it's going to 180 on them. And then they're going to come begging Bitcoin for forgiveness. So uh, we're already seeing this with the environmental hysterics who are realizing that there's no way to manage energy grids effectively uh, without Bitcoin proof of work. And that, hey, well, guess guess what? If you uh, want to waste less, Bitcoin is maximum efficiency. You know, they're already starting at 180 and uh, we're going to see the real environmentalists loving Bitcoin very, very soon. Yeah, I, I don't, they're not going to, they, they won't like, um, they're not going to, they're not going to do any kind of reflection and say where they were wrong though. They're, they're always going to pretend they're right. In fact, Paul Vigna, one day when he's finally like, you know, he's having to, he, he might be begging Bitcoin magazine to have, you know, a place to, to write. Um, but when he's being positive about Bitcoin, he's going to remind everyone that, oh, well, I've been covering this since 2013. Yeah. And and the way they usually position this kind of stuff is they say, you know what? The facts changed. And so I changed my mind when that's yeah, the science changed. The facts were always the same. It's just that he was closing his ears, screaming la 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 um, while people were explaining the facts to him. And then, you know, the moment that the tide reverses, uh, then he's going to be like, oh, you know, well, the new data came in and I'm a reasonable person. And so I always, you know, I, I listen to what the new data says. So I changed my mind. So I think about like Bitcoin adoption, shitcoiner psychology uh, a lot. I think about these things a lot. It, it, uh, maybe an unhealthy amount, but I, I find it fun um, just because I, I feel like the majority of people are baseline shit coiners when they enter into the space. So it's really the psychology of, of hyper Bitcoinization is what I'm thinking about. But I have a theory is that this, the most toxic, staunch, hardcore maximalists will be the people who adopt Bitcoin at the top of the S curve, at the other end of, of the S. Like that's going to be the equivalent of like the conspiracy theorist, uh, you know, gold bugs of today um, is, is the people who, who just got their families got wrecked. They lost everything. They got scammed by every scam, including the CBDCs, which will barely ship if at all, but they'll still find a way to get scammed by it. And when they eventually adopt Bitcoin, they're going to be, they're going to be protective. They're, they're going to know the value of SATs. I, so perhaps I, I imagine that they will be like, they'll say the same things that Bitcoiners say today when we use fiat, right? Of like, I'm only using this because I have to. And the reality is that the world we live in, you have to use Bitcoin, but I still object to it strongly. And I, I don't no, think- see, I, I disagree. <laughs> I, I think that I think that the, the, the travel, the journey to, to finally bend the knee is going to be really painful and they're going to love Bitcoin so much and they're going to be so toxic against any investment scheme, any sort of cash flowing business opportunity. Or no, they're just going to be begrudging hardcore bitcoin maximalists well i i hope you're right i hope you're right we do i mean we've seen that pattern play out of uh people who did get scammed who got burnt uh who turn into toxic plebes um so i definitely think that there's there's that dynamic at play um you know thinking about my my own uh bitcoin journey like i think when i went into it i was a gold and silver bug um, silver bug because I didn't have any money, so I couldn't really afford any gold. Uh, but you know, uh, that's actually a real problem with metals. Uh, you know, uh, it's not a problem. It's with not like Bitcoin. Bitcoin. <laughs> yeah, you have to buy a whole coin. Yeah, yeah, stacks of uh, forty thousand dollar Bitcoin. 
Um, but uh, I remember that aside from the XRP pitch, uh, there was also the the Litecoin pitch. And they were like, oh, you know, we're the silver to Bitcoin's gold. And the the thing that I thought was interesting about Lightning or sorry, not Lightning, Litecoin, um, they said, you know, we got faster confirmations than Bitcoin does. And I was like, oh, OK. So then I did some research and then I find out, well, technically, I mean, uh, what matters is the probabilistic finality of it. And those are the same, you know, per amount of time. But really, actually, Bitcoin is better because in the same amount of time, Bitcoin has more finality than Litecoin does. Um, and after that, that's that that turned me toxic because I was like, OK, so this person put forth this argument. Uh, and they had no clue what they were talking about. And, and so uh, now any argument that I hear from any of these, uh, you know, altcoiners, uh, I'm going to just assume that they're wrong. I mean, unless, uh, you know, they, they really have, have strong facts behind them. And that heuristic has, has uh, served me well. This was for many of the arguments they were making back then. And too, there was like there were like a, a good handful of Litecoin arguments. There was one where it was like, well, we're using script, which is more, you know, uh, ASIC resistant, mm -hmm. um, which is funny because when Litecoin actually first came out, uh, script was uh, the idea was that it was GPU resistant. Um, but they quickly, you know, gave up on that and moved to ASIC resistant. And I don't even know if that still holds true. I don't I don't pay attention to no. it. No, <laughs> there are definitely Litecoin ASICs. And now they're actually Dogecoin ASICs because you're, you know, Dogecoin is the superior network. Uh, that's funny. Uh, so yeah, there, there were all these all these different arguments. And, and I do agree. Like, I think it was I think it was great that I got sort of exposed to, you know, Litecoin back then because it inoculated me against uh you know more insidious shitcoin scams later on so ck how does bitcoin uh, magazine and the conference uh, manage to resist the pressure from the crypto people trying to insert themselves into the conference um, i know that i know that some of our listeners might actually say Hey, look, so and so is going to be at the conference, and so you know the <laughs> so much for that resistance, Pierre. Um, but I think generally, you know, if if my benchmark is CoinDesk Consensus Conference, uh, you guys are like ninety eight percent Bitcoin, uh, and they are zero percent. I mean, literally zero percent, right? Like uh, I, I remember I spoke there once. Uh, uh, about lightning so maybe they're one percent uh bitcoin but uh yeah how do you resist the uh onslaught the so I'll, I'll tell you guys the dirty details but i, I after i tell you i, I want to get y'all's kind of impression of where this conference fits into like the ecosystem of conferences because i feel like sometimes we get unfair flack from bitcoiners but um with that being said Pretty much we have we have a couple of rules. First and foremost, if you created a competitor L1 money block uh, token, like you are forbidden to speak, period. So like that's the first the first like part. So, you know, some people like are mad about Mike Novogratz because he shit coins. Well, he also bitcoins a lot, too. You know, he happens to run a massive uh, financial institution in the space that finances stuff that mines a lot, that hires a lot of great people that Bitcoiners love uh, that are employed by him. So he also Bitcoins, he he didn't break the L1 
competitor to Bitcoin rule. So he's allowed to speak. Uh, but, you, you know, he does do some other, you know, non-Bitcoin activity, which, you know, in a free market is, you know, hey, can, completely can, fine. Yeah. You sidebar on Mike, because uh, I I don't have any problem with what you just said about, OK, yeah, sh- you know, he, he's he's doing some shit corning. That's fine. Let's look the other way. You know, I work at Kraken. That's OK. Um, but what bothers me about Mike is that. Uh, and this is not even specific to him because I hear Bitcoin maximalists commit the same treason uh, as, as Mike does, which is Bitcoin is a great store of value, but it's not a good medium of exchange. And that, that's upsetting. Yeah, I agree. That I, agree I find that. far more objectionable than to him, you know, pumping some random, you know, uh, low liquidity alt. Uh, because you know, he's well, you know, television. get mad, get mad at Michael Saylor too, my friend. Get mad at Michael Saylor too, because he's he's committed the same he's committed the same you know heresy as well. Um, but let me just say, we're not here we're we're not here to to, to pass the heresy test. Yeah, we yeah we're, not, we we're, we're here to create a platform. Un- but, you know, if you are in, I'm I'm happy. Yeah, please, please, you know. N- Name and shame, Pierre. Name and so, shame, but that's so, not what the conference is about. <laughs> so, so you you tried to what aboutism with Michael Saylor, but let me let me absolve <laughs> Michael Saylor and let me uh, you know um, pre- defend his honor. He does tweet about lightning. Okay, so that to me is redemptive. Um, I do, I have not seen Mike Novogratz yet, to my knowledge, promote lightning or tweet about it. When he does that, uh, I'll be on board. Anyway, sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm not here to defend any of our speakers or or recommend any of our speakers. I'm, I'm just trying to tell you our the, policy. I, I'm walking through the purity test. I'm just showing people how they can pass the test. I'm teaching the test. Pierre, I, I am a disciple of you for sure. And uh, you, you, a, you can be assured that I'm following it. Go who are missing. Oh, well, fa- failure of the purity test. Here's here's somewhere where, you know, there's there's definitely egg on my face. So, you know, at the beginning of this, I was, I was making fun of Miami and, and talking about Texas being the Bitcoin capital of the world. Bringing up consensus made me realize, like, the Bitcoin conference is in Miami. The consensus conference is in Austin. Yeah, shame. We need to do we need to do some kind of trade here. Um, yep. No, there's a mismatch. Um, we're taking applications from cities. So, uh, Austin, we're, we uh, we are open to uh, to the pitch. I guess what maybe what would be cool is if you guys did a a smaller satellite side conference at the same time as consensus, and then. It becomes hey. huge and bigger than consensus and eclipses them. Um, I think that would be awesome. I considered doing it myself, but then I realized that I, I you know, I already have a full-time job and I like spending time with my kids. Um, but there's an excellent conference venue here, which is the Circuit of the Americas Formula One race track. I think that that would be awesome. Uh, and I've actually, I went go-karting there recently with my wife, Morgan, uh, shout out to Morgan, shout out to a uh, Bitcoin for advisors podcast, best podcast, second to noted. Um, and no, I'm kidding, Morgan. It's good. It's good. Uh, so we it's went- definitely bef- noted is only second to, to the Bitcoin advisor podcast. Yes. Of course. Yes. I, I corrected you. No worries. Thank you. Um, and we went go-karting there, uh, and that was a ton of fun. 
And I, th- I think that what, what I want to do is uh, buy out the track and do a, a lightning enabled uh, go-karting uh, tournament. Uh, anyway, you the, all this to say that Bitcoin Magazine should do a conference at Circuit of the Americas on June 10th, which is also my birthday uh, and is the day of the uh, consensus conference here in Austin. Okay. Um, we might have time to, uh, throw a wrench in consensus conference next year, but this year, unfortunately we'll be able to, uh, let me just finish up the thought on the, the, uh, the editorial policy, just because I do know that a lot of your audience has strong feelings about this, but yeah, so our policy is, you know, we're not a crypto conference. We're a Bitcoin conference. Uh, the rules are, all the content is about Bitcoin. Everyone who's speaking has something to do with Bitcoin. Every company that's sponsored interacts with Bitcoin main chain. We don't force them to be a Bitcoin only company, but they can't, you know, only interact with WBTC or, you know, only interact with Coinbase Commerce. Like, no, that doesn't count. You actually have to have Bitcoin as part of your product. Uh, So those are kind of our rules. And then when it comes to uh, speaking, you know, Pierre, I'm sure you've gotten emails from uh, our speaking staff, but there's like a nice, like, this is a Bitcoin conference. Like, please don't talk about other things. Like we're telling everyone, like the context, you know, you don't go to an anime content or conference and then talk about football. So, uh, that's kind of how we view this thing. Uh, so, you know, we're trying to instruct people and then, you know, compare and contrast to consensus. I went to consensus 2019 and there's Justin Sun imagery everywhere. Uh, so I can assure you all the branding at the conference is going to be Bitcoin branding. And even the sponsors that are multi-coin, like their booths have to only be Bitcoin branded. So uh, it's 100% a Bitcoin conference. It's a mainstream Bitcoin conference. We want to obviously open it up to the wider audience past hardcore Bitcoiners. You know, and there's a lot of great hardcore Bitcoiner events. Um, but that that's our goal. And uh, it seems sometimes it seems like Bitcoiners are mad that that Bitcoin has a mainstream conference and a bunch of smaller hardcore Bitcoiner conferences. Like they they want them all to be smaller hardcore Bitcoiner conferences. I'm kind of curious what y'all think about, you know, this predicament. Cause I you know, I think, you know, it's good that we have some variety that there's a, a big stage as well. But uh yeah, passing it back to y'all. I've never seen a speaker at your conference that I thought was like anathema and should not uh, be speaking there. Um, so I'm, I'm definitely not in the uh, camp that, um, you know, the, the, the closest speaker that comes to that, that I think comes closest to being unwelcome is Eric Voorhees. But even him, I'm, I'm okay with him speaking at a Bitcoin conference, even though I disagree with everything he says all the time. Um, that's okay. Um, but I, I just, I'm, I'm, I find it impressive uh, that you guys are able to, uh, because like there's this temptation of, well, couldn't we have more attendees if we were more flexible? You know, couldn't we have more sponsorship money? Yeah, you get your bolt hard, bolt hard numbers if only you uh, shitcoined. Yeah, but do you think maybe that's a false premise, right? That um, actually, because you're so focused, you're laser focused, uh, that it actually helps Bitcoin, the Bitcoin conference be uh, socially scalable, as we say. Um, I think that it, first of all, Bitcoin is the signal. Everything else is a bunch of noise just hovering around the signal. So it makes complete logical sense to like, call it the Bitcoin conference, like 90% of normies, when they say 
Bitcoin, they mean crypto, and they say crypto, they mean Bitcoin. So uh, from a, like, we're trying to appeal to the industry insiders and the hardcore Bitcoiners and the enthusiasts, they can see through the bullshit. And then in order of increasing the top of the funnel, branding it Bitcoin is better for that too. So, I mean, I just think, I mean, if we just zoom out to like, why is BTC Inc. a Bitcoin only company? Why is Bitcoin Magazine a Bitcoin only company? We made that commitment when we launched the conference in 2019. And, you know, while I, I think that's a low time preference decision is like, we are very much trying to be the biggest company in the space. We're very much trying to have the biggest audience in the biggest conference. And we think that the way to do that is by winning Bitcoin. Like we think that Bitcoin's going to be the biggest, most important technology in the world. And if we can be the biggest conference, one of the most important media companies in Bitcoin, a trusted voice in Bitcoin, and we scale with Bitcoin, then that's that's the path to being number one. So it's almost like this remnant uh, talk track that Francis and Svetsky have been kind of pushing, which is just like, don't dilute your message, like hone in on the signal and be unapologetic. So uh, I, I totally think it's that's why th- this is the biggest Bitcoin crypto event, period. Yeah. And I, I'd say that 90 percent of the people that are into crypto are fans of Bitcoin. There's very few um, altcoin maximalists who are anti-Bitcoin. Um, and so by whereas there's there's way more Bitcoin maximalists who are anti-altcoin, right? Um, and so if you just do the Venn diagram, uh, the biggest population is uh, focusing on Bitcoin. I have a question for you, which I've always kind of wondered, especially uh, as the events get bigger, is how does how does Bitcoin Magazine think about the security of Bitcoiners? No, we think about security of Bitcoiners a lot. So it's a big deal. And you know, there's a lot of important Bitcoiners are at this event. So, I mean, we we work with the best security possible. Uh, the venues run by the city. So we work directly with the police department. Um, it's completely locked down. Uh, and, you know, the way that this venue is set up is effectively it's a large convention hall that is completely locked down a- around the perimeter. And then there's a main street that is booked by our that's booked for the event that runs in front of it. And then on the other side is a park and that's where the the music festival is going to be. And so that that's like the only entry points into the venue is through security. And then uh, there's, there's very strict security. And then of course, all like the VIP will have private uh, security as well. So, you know, there's heads of state, there's uh, other important businessmen there. So uh, we take security very, very important. Uh, very, very strictly. And we're working with the best, you know, possible, you know, we're working with the best vendors that, you know, do the biggest events in the world, uh, you know, events like, uh, like the Grammys and stuff like that, where, again, you have to be really, really tight on this stuff. So MS-13 homeboys are not welcome. Huh? MS-13 homeboys are not welcome. (laughs) I mean, they have to buy a ticket. They better not have any guns. And they, I hope they love Bitcoining uh, happily. But again, like if there's any problems, like people will be removed immediately. So like we're not playing around at all, like with any like ruckus. And then in terms of like just creating a safe environment, you know, we're locking it down. Uh, very important people will will have, you know, private access and, and will 
know, we'll, we're doing a lot to make sure that they feel safe. And last year we had really important people and uh, we, we did a lot to make them feel safe. We definitely could have been better on locking down the perimeter of the venue, but this is a completely different situation there. Uh, you know, last year's event, it was like, like four or five different venues smashed together because we kept outselling it. And we're like, holy shit, we have to get more room because people kept buying tickets. Um, this year's event, you know, 20,000 people, the venue could hold up to 50,000. Um, it's very much more contained uh, and uh, we're working with much, much better security in the police department. Fantastic. Well, uh, looking forward to that. I will, I will stay peaceful. I won't attack anyone while at the conference. But, physically, uh, physically, <laughs> only using ideas. I mean, the 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 environment is so fun, guys. Like it when people are there, it's gonna feel like you know a music festival smashed with Comic Con, smashed with like Bitcoin ideology. <laughs> you know, it's like it's really uh, it's really just showcasing the Bitcoin counterculture, which is soon to be the main culture. It seems so. You don't have to correct me. I know, but you know, right now we are an order of magnitude smaller, which is why we can still. Uh, reap some of the gains, uh, but soon, you know, this will just be the culture. So uh, this is just an early celebration of uh, the predominant culture of the world. So uh, maybe it'll just be, you know, World Culture Conference, uh, you know, in uh, 2023 or uh, sorry, 2024 uh, after hyper Bitcoinization. Just asking for a friend, but uh, when do tickets go on sale for Bitcoin 2023? Literally as soon as uh, the event is over. So uh, have no fear. Tickets will be available right away and uh, they will be very much more affordable. So if you're upset about how expensive the tickets are now, just know that it's your own fault for not buying them when we first started selling them. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of um, a double whammy because the Bitcoin price is also going to go up. Um, You know, so you've got uh, uh, two... Two investments to consider. Do you invest in tickets or invest in Bitcoin? Um, but I won't get into that debate, right? Because uh, <laughs> that's another one that people like. So to what I would prefer, what I would recommend is you actually just fast a couple of extra days. And so that way you take money out of your food budget and you allocate that to the Bitcoin conference budget and you can continue maximally stacking. Yeah, I mean, anyone can survive a few days without food um, and uh, buy a ticket. Um, a lot of us could survive weeks without food, uh, sadly. Uh, but <laughs> uh, I'll leave that conversation to Michael. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm, I don't know how long I'd last. I wasn't talking about you. I was talking about uh, your, your. Uh, <laughs> oh, just, just how how long it'll take. Yeah, I mean, the, the average. I mean, that, that's that's a whole other whole other. Uh, topic yeah um yeah absolutely so i the other thing that i really like about the conference is you guys do have like an open source track and uh that's huge because to me like that's kind of the um critical piece of infrastructure uh that often um gets overlooked when we're just looking at the price charts right because uh ultimately this is all backed by open source software tell us no totally so, yeah, I mean, just staying on the conference, um, main stage is going to like be big announcements, that kind of stuff. And then we have we have five stages total that are going to have content going the whole time. So it's, it's honestly ridiculous. Um, the I would say like the next two most important stages are the open source stage, which you mentioned, 
and the mining stage. So we literally have all three days of, of when we're, we're doing Bitcoin content, we have just straight open source tech content, um, no BS whatsoever. Like you'll go there and it'll just be, you know, the, the developer gods that you respect and nothing else. And then on the flip side is, is only like the best and the brightest in mining and absolutely no BS. Uh, so really proud for both of those stages. I think hardcore Bitcoiners are going to really enjoy the content on both those stages. And if you are going to be at industry day, which is like kind of day one or the preview day, that's, that's uh, Wednesday, the sixth, the, in, the industry day programming for the open source stage is pretty much going to be a straight full day um, Socratic seminar. So it's going to be like, it, it's honestly insane, like how, how hardcore tech is going to be. Like, I'm not going to, I'm going to walk in there, understand nothing, but you know, it'll just be like a, a legend God panel of, of, uh, of, of devs kind of debating it out or talking about whatever story is, is most relevant. So Matt Odell is a big part of organizing the open source stage. So uh, if you like Matt Odell's content, it's going to be heavily flavored Odell. Um, but I'm, I'm really excited for it. And then on the flip side, uh, a lot of great miners helped us put together the agenda for the, the mining content. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm going to be on uh, two, two of the mining panels. Uh, so that's going to be awesome. Now it's really, so it's really like three conferences, right? It's a, a developer summit, yeah. it's a mining conference, and it's a, a Bitcoin culture conference. That's a good way to kind of think about it. We smash it all together and then, you know, have a couple things for the whales who, you know, insist on spending a lot of money, but uh, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun, man. And I'm excited for the culture stuff. Uh, I, you weren't at the art gallery last year because neither of you were at 21, but uh, a lot of Bitcoiners were just really uh, impressed by how deep Bitcoin art is. And uh, it's going to be even crazier this year. So uh, the art gallery there is going to be something special too. And, you know, the, like the psychological uh, human side of Bitcoin is is so interesting. And then seeing it kind of, uh, you know, displayed in art form is, is it, you know, it, it makes Bitcoin, again, it's, it's more than just, you know, <laughs> you know, uh, a distributed ledger. It's just so much more than that. Uh, and it, it's kind of hard to like conceptualize that if you are a newbie or something like that until you see, you know, how deep Bitcoin art is, for example. Yeah, like actually changes lives. Uh, so I'm familiar with uh, Brecky's eye. Um, I believe that will be at the conference. I'm pretty sure, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm excited to see all the other art pieces there. Um, it's really, I mean, it's funny because I often point out that um, these these NFT JPEGs, um, I don't even want to right click and save them. Like most of them are aesthetically repulsive, um, whereas the Bitcoin art, I mean, eight, eight out of 10 uh, Bitcoin art pieces. I'm like, you know what? I probably can't afford it, but if I could, I would absolutely get this work of art and put it in my house. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I completely agree. Bitcoin art is deep and then NFTs are just so shallow. Um, Again, I, I, the reason why I think like the the whole shitcoin space has gone so much further than I think a lot of maybe early maximalists would have assumed is because I really do think that like, the shitcoin space uh, aligns with like a fiat mental model, like the entire like NFTs, you know, proof of stake, like all of it aligns with like a, a 
a fiat mental model. So, uh, you know, I, I think unfortunately or fortunately, you know, the shitcoin ecosystem is going to continue to be relevant as long as there's people who are operating on fiat. You know, I think that that's uh, probably a fact. Yeah, that's fair. It's like uh, money printing begets money printing. So, you know, when there's free money out there, people are going to be trying to do everything they can to, uh, you know, whatever kind of alchemical processes they can do to come up with even more fake money. So we'll just have to uh, slowly, uh, you know, gradually then suddenly uh, defund it all. It's a detox process. And um, perhaps what crypto is, is, is the withdrawal, right? Uh, and, and they're just rewiring their brains, but it's still a little bit scrambled. And uh, eventually, though, uh, they get to Bitcoin and uh, then they, they look back on their journey with a mix of satisfaction, but also of deep regrets. I forget the exact name for it, but there's a uh, in, in some types of detox, um, you can actually have a, an acute set of symptoms as your body is kind of releasing uh, these toxins. Um, so maybe, maybe it's more, it's like specifically that it's like as you're detoxing. Because uh, if, if you just had a, a plain detox or whatever, you'd go straight into Bitcoin. Um, but, you know, maybe there's this, I, I wish I could remember the name, but you're going through that process. And so you end up like, you get out of fiat, but then you're, you're like kind of in Bitcoin, but it like is super fueled by, uh, you know, fiat money printing and you get, you get some of the shit coins in the process. Yeah, absolutely. Um, sometimes also, it, maybe it's also a bit like methadone, right? They, they, they can't go all the way right away. So they need to kind of have a, a drip of their past life. Um, and that's what crypto is. It's, it's methadone for fiat brain, but it's also it not kind great of, yeah. <laughs> It's not great for you. No, I mean, your y'all's analogies are are uh, I think are are pretty accurate. The, I just think like, hey, you know, we have different operating systems. You you know, money's an operating system. You either on fiat or you're on Bitcoin, and uh, bridging between can be hard. And sometimes that's where shit coins are useful, or uh, or at least intuitive. I don't know if they're useful, but they're at least intuitive for the shit for the for the shit the the fiat brain people. Um, it's the yeah, uh, I mean. Perks. Herxheimer reaction, by the way. Herxheimer reaction. I'm learning a lot these days from y'all. Uh, all, all these different little facts about Tennesseans who are Texans and different metabolic reactions, and it's all good stuff. That's what note is for, I guess. Absolutely. Um, all right. I know that that we're an hour deep uh, into here. Um, are there any things that uh, we should have gotten to, but did not, CK, that, that you want to uh, shill or bring up? Yeah, well, so I want to, I do want to shill. Uh, behind me, you can see uh, I got two books, Check Your Financial Privilege and Bitcoin is Venice. Uh, so Bitcoin Magazine, we are, uh, we're going into the book game, baby. So our first two books are with Alan Farrington and, and Alex uh, Gladstein and I'm very proud of of the books. Uh, all of the funds from Bitcoin is Venice is going to HRF, and half of the funds from uh, Check Your Financial Privilege are going to HRF. Uh, and more books to come. So trying to uh, you know work with uh, our legendary Bitcoin historians. We have multiple of them on staff uh, to uh, to see if we can have some historical Bitcoin books. But 
uh, really proud of the book game and Bitcoin magazine just dropped the moon edition too. So uh, our latest print magazine just dropped. So books, magazine, conference, that's what we're doing and always Bitcoin only. Awesome. Fantastic. Will, will there be a book signing uh, opportunity at the uh, conference so I can get a signed copy? Oh, yes, you will. So uh, we have what's called the Bitcoin Bazaar, which is kind of like uh, the area for all of the mom and pop businesses to uh, to like be able to sell their wares for light uh, for lightning and Bitcoin. Uh, and in that area, we have a dedicated booth just for book signing. So we actually have like six hours straight on uh, both GA days uh, for book signing. And every hour we have one of your favorite Bitcoin authors who is going to be signing, selling, giving away books. Amazing. Amazing. Awesome. Well, I'm looking forward to uh, the reading these two books. I mean, I, I, I have too many Bitcoin books already, but um, one day I will read through them all. And uh, maybe, maybe when I'm like uh, retired, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I thought you were retiring from Kraken already. So now uh, you got plenty of time for the books, right? Yes, yes. Books and, and gardening, you know, tending to my garden. Um, no, no, we've got we got more work to do at Kraken. Um, lots, lots of Bitcoin things to build, right? Um, and um, yeah, maybe I'll write a book as well. I don't know. Who knows, right? That'd be fun. Michael, do you want to write a book? I should probably write a book at some point. Yeah. People are always asking me to. Well, if y'all want a partner in writing a book, hit your boy up. All right. We'll do. We'll do. Thanks, CK, for coming on. Uh, we really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, look forward to uh, being there in person next week. We'll we'll get this episode out soon so that people aren't like scratching their heads like, what do they mean next week? Like, that's not that's in the past. But um, yeah, if you already missed the conference. 100% of the uh, on-stage content will be recorded and posted to Bitcoin Magazine YouTube. So have no fear. We got you regardless. Perfect. All right. Thanks, CK. Have a good one. All right. Thank you.